It is indeed, and at 23 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And every Thursday we bring to you uh, people whose uh, ideas move our society and uh, our culture forward. And uh, today is certainly no different. Joined uh, on the line by Professor Ivan Turok. And uh, he uh, is, uh, uh, yeah, I guess... uh, uh, Sachi Chair in City Region Economies at uh, the University of the Free State and also with the Human uh, Sciences Research Council and uh, joins me, uh, uh, I guess he's the Distinguished Research Fellow at the Human Sciences Research Council and he joins us tonight to talk through, uh, I guess, one of the big blind spots, I must say, of um, economics as a field of inquiry and study and by extension, I guess, uh, how it uh, gets translated into policy and uh, we talk about that tonight. Uh, it's great that it comes straight on the back of the question, Asanda. Uh, just gave us around the investment conference and uh, hopefully we can get to unpack that. Prof, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening. Thanks very much, Ayabonga, uh, for the invitation to be with you. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Prof, I mean, your your piece, I guess, in the con, uh, you know, in the conversation, which uh, draws on this piece of work you've done with Justin Fasahi, uh, kicks things off and says, you know what, a lot of the analytical framework economists and policymakers use is often very, very absent and devoid of any spatial and geographic analysis. Uh, and I, th- you know, while I think uh, it's an important point to make, I find it scandalous uh, in South Africa that uh, that type of thing isn't part of our toolkit. Coming from the history that we do of the chopping up of our country, its balkanization into homelands, uh, and yet we do very little of that uh, spatial economic analysis. Uh, why do you think that's the case? It's, a, it's an excellent question, and um, I think the, the answer is that we're looking for sort of simple, partly part of the answer. We're looking for simple ways of trying to grasp the challenges we face. Mm. And so we tend to resort to the national level. So we talk, you know, we're also trying to build a nation, and so we want yes. to play down some of these spatial inequalities. Mm. Um, so it's partly a national story, and that's makes it sort of simple and tries to help to keep us together. The other thing is that when we drill down a bit, we go into sectors straight away. That's our sort of default response to have sector, sectoral analysis, sectoral master plans to talk about industries and value chains, mm. not about places and regions and sure. cities and towns. Yeah. So we say we need to counterbalance that. We need It's unbalanced, our current approach. We need to recognize the enormous diversity and uneven development of our country mm. head on. That's really a big part of it because it is part of the reasons that, you know, we're, we're struggling to, to progress. We've got these deep gulfs between different parts of the country, partly historical reasons, as you say. Uh, and we're kind of going to reinforce them unless we confront them head on, it seems to me. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess, the you know, a big part of um, the analysis in this paper from which you draw um, looks at, I guess, you know, what geography and space uh, and what influence that might have on economic progress. And uh, I think if you would ask even uh, the youngest of children in South Africa um, to, to rank places by economic progress, they probably would pick out all of the areas that were in the former homelands or in the former township areas. Um, not because they have any unique, I guess I would think, intrinsic uh, geographic features, but um, a lot of this inherently and uh, I guess intentionally by design. Uh, talk to me about, I guess, what you found in your research uh, and more importantly, um, I mean, 
really underscoring the lopsided nature of our economy. I mean, the fact that the smallest province produces, uh, you know, uh, uh, more than a third of the national output or, or the national aggregation of what it is that we produce is also quite concerning. Yeah, well, it's... it's um Basically, what we find is that um, the gaps between the provinces, we're kind of using provinces as our unit of analysis, partly because data is more readily available at provincial level than at municipal level or at some other local level. So we're basically finding that the gap between provincial economies has been widening since democracy. Mm. So the more prosperous provinces have been pulling ahead, the poorer provinces have been falling behind. That's a key sort of starting point of our uh, analysis. And then, so we're then saying, you know, how do we explain that? How do we unpack this? And we make a, a, a very, very important analytical distinction between the mix of industries in each province, right, as against other non, non-sectoral issues around the characteristics of the place, the physical characteristics of the place, where it is, uh, the institutions of that place, the skill mix, the human capital of that place, those kinds of things. Okay, so we're trying to say, you know, is it because some places are unlucky in that they've got uh, minerals which are no longer in demand, such Mm. as gold? Mm. The free state, a big part of the story of the problems of the free state are because it was a mining area, it prospered a long time ago, and it's now experiencing this decline as a result of the problems of gold mining. Right. Contrast that with um, uh, Gauteng, which has a, a favorable industry mix. It's got the financial services, which has been our South Africa's fastest growing sector. So it's, it's lucky rather than unlucky mm. in having these industries in that place. All right. Now, we contrast that with the place characteristics. Is there something about and maybe this is more policy amenable to policy change? if there are characteristics of Gauteng or of other provinces that can be addressed by policy, right, to improve their performance. And basically the conclusion of the article is that it's a mixture. It's both the mix of industries is really important, but also there are a whole lot of other things that are also really important that we need to understand. The infrastructure, the skills, the institutions of a place, which also shape the outcomes, the economic outcomes of these places. And these are things we can do something about, I think. Yeah, yeah. And and what is it that we do? I mean, often the response is that, well, you know, if there's an issue there, um, industrialize, diversify the type of economic activity that happens there, or worse yet, um, allow people to migrate and uh, move beyond their borders, and hopefully they'll find a job in Joburg or in Cape Town. Well, there's, there's, there's lots to be said about that. So, uh, um uh, we, we, you know, we don't provide sort of clear-cut, simple answers to this because we're, we're simply start, we're start trying to get this issue on the agenda. Right? So our research only goes so far in terms of explaining what policy should focus on. And so our, basically our bottom line is that don't just have your national sectoral plans. Also take your spatial policies very seriously. Mm. Take your place-based differences significantly. So that if we want um, South Africa's economy, and we all do want South Africa's economy to perform better, we need to bring up the level of the underperformers, 
right? It's not not a question just of reinforcing the strengths. It's also of addressing those weaknesses where we can address them mm. through improved infrastructure, through in, in strengthening our local governments, and so on. We don't tell you, we don't tell governments specifically which of these are most important. That's you know, this is a, a, a research program, and we 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 can't, you can't answer everything straight away. Mm. We, we need mm. better data, etc., to unpack those kinds of things. We're we're simply trying to put on the agenda the need to understand our sure. very unequal geography. Yeah, you know, there's a very interesting formulation you've got in your piece, and um, you know, I've, I find it very very interesting because. You know, I, I think I, I spent quite a bit of time in economic school and uh, very little of geography or spatial concerns occupied much of what we were taught and what we were tested on. Uh, and, and you say, based on your analysis, you separate out three areas that might account for changes in output um, and uh, I guess lay the basis for some comparison between different provinces. And the first is, you know, growth that might arise from... N- industrial trends, so the kind of industry mix that there might be. The second is growth that might come out from you know, cross-cutting productivity. Um, and then I guess the third one is around more locational advantages that are specific and beneficial to you know, uh, uh, different industries. And uh, you make some examples, I guess, on Gauteng, the Eastern Cape, and the Free State. Maybe take us through that um, and how, I guess, you apply uh, you know, those three components across the different provinces that uh, you have as your unit of analyses? Yes. Uh, okay, so, so if we take the, the case of uh, Gauteng as the positive performer, right? Mm. This has been the outstanding um, provincial economy over the last 25 years, not by international standards, but by domestic, by South African standards, it's been a strong performer. Mm. Its success is due both to having industries that have done relatively well. Financial services um, is is the standout story there, and business services, right? So the banks are located there, the insurance companies, the related professional services from lawyers to management consultancies to um, all kinds of business services. Uh, So that's part of the success of Gauteng, and that's something to do, we think, with agglomeration. And we Mm -hmm. maybe come back to that issue of agglomeration. Um, And then the second part of it uh, is around uh, the uh, infrastructure and the physical attributes of this province. It's it's well located at the heart of the country. It has, you know, the number one airport in the country, so its international connections are very good. Mm. It has the uh, biggest concentration of universities and skills in the country. So the big labor pool is a big advantage for Gauteng. It has the uh, one of the better performing provincial governments. Uh, it has, of course, national government um, in terms of the executive is located in Gauteng. Um, and it's got the legacy of headquarter functions of of, of, of manufacturing, of mining companies, right? So it creates this sort of good mix of, of industries. And that's where this actually the third component comes in. So it's partly sectors. It's lucky with the sectors it has. It's uh, favorable in terms of the geography, the place. But it also has these clusters. This is what we think this, this um, interaction effect is, that it's not just you've got financial services. They combine... Uh, with other sectors to create 
dynamic clustering advantages in terms of knowledge, in terms of uh, investment confidence, in terms of learning, um, which create dynamic dynamic productivity benefits, which are really important. And I don't think we understa- understand these things well enough in South Africa. Um, so firms benefit from being close to other firms. Ideas, um, uh, learning, innovation, um, uh, technical progress, right, come about from proximity between companies in Gauteng. It's the critical mass, a large number of firms that are interacting, and it's support institutions like universities and uh, business services, which kind of reinforce the agglomeration that exists in that province. And our other provinces don't have that concentration of activity mm. uh, to benefit from. And then, so, yeah, so, shall I just quickly yes, say uh, something about the Eastern Cape and the Free yes, State? Yes, yes, please, yeah. So the, the Free State is almost the opposite story of that. Declining industries and problematic places. You know, we read about some of these towns that the infrastructure is collapsing, right, where municipalities are not paying their ESCOM bills and electricity is being cut off and the water s- s- problems with uh, water supply, you know, really basic infrastructure issues, which mean that businesses are moving out of this place because it's, it's a dysfunctional. We've got dysfunctional towns. So that's a really uh, massive issue that government needs to take seriously. Mm-hmm. And then the Eastern Cape. The Eastern Cape is a mixture, actually. It's, some of its industries are, are positive, are, are industries that are performing reasonably well uh, at a national level. Uh, but they seem to be dragged down by spatial factors. Part of it is the legacy we think of uh, Transkei and Siskei, the homeland, mm. and the underinvestment in infrastructure there. But there may also be an issue about the performance of the provincial government and the municipalities in the Eastern Cape, which aren't kind of harnessing the potential of the industries they've got. So there is some sort of car industry. There is... Um, there are, you know, uh, tourism opportunities. There are, some of the industries are, in, in theory, should be doing better than they are, is what we're really saying about the Eastern Cape. Hmm. And, yeah, I mean, Prof, so much I'd like us to unpack on that one, and it's quite unfortunate that we have run out of time. But I think, you know, your, your, your analysis there is sort of unravels so many different factors. Um, one that might account for differential economic performance um, not only across different provinces, but if one takes the province of the Eastern Cape, history of two homelands, um, you know, very diverse, I guess, set of industrial activities. But very much, if one thinks about it, a lot of those industrial activities located in those two coastal centers, at Buffalo City and, uh, you know, Nelson Mandela Bay. Um, and I, I guess the point you're raising around the dysfunction of many of the small towns in the interior, and I would argue even, I guess, in some cases on that coast, um, is something that might account for some of uh, this economic uh, performance or underperformance. But I kind of, if, if we're not analyzing it or gathering or measuring data, you know, in, in line with that, it, it makes a lot of this analysis difficult. And uh, yeah, I, fortunately, we have run out of time, Prof, and uh, we're going to have to leave it there for tonight. And a uh, real pleasure catching up with you. And uh, thank you very much for your time. Thanks very much. Pleasure to talk to you.